Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You'll be playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They will be playing with me. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I made the playoffs last year. They didn't. That's the difference. <laughs> hoping that my kid doesn't want to go on roller coasters yeah but honestly he he'll he probably will want to at least i would <laughs> want him i'd want him to you know yeah. you can, you, there's only so many times you can do like the teacups and the and the what is it you smash carts the go-kart not the go-kart you know the, yeah there are a lot of different types of rides it's not all about roller coasters i hear you but uh yeah that's the main attraction though uh, so if anyone notices, this is like dad talk now. <laughs> oh no, we've, we've, you're um, not even like the baby isn't even out yet. You're, you're I know. Getting into dad talk. I'm really talking. I'm really thinking about what I have to do as a dad. I'm gonna have to bring these kids to to roller coasters now. Well, we we both know, and and for the listeners who 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 don't know this, but you know how big Tiff is for for our man Dre. So yeah, we are recording this episode without him, and probably the next one. I don't know, but maybe even next two without him because of Probably, tiff yeah. mm-hmm. so this might become a dad pod for the next two episodes <laughs> well he's he i'm living vicariously through him because i love seeing stars but he he gets to do the red carpet he's right, right? there like, man he's in the he's in the middle of it he, and he's seeing all these crazy crowds like i'll be he's not allowed to take any pictures because he's on the job of course and he's a professional but the the fact that he gets to be inside and like i know last week you were on the pod but we were talking about how taylor swift is here and Taylor Swift fans are some next level fans. Like I'm sure there people have been camping out since like yesterday and maybe even the day before just to see like a glimpse of Taylor Swift. So I don't know how he's handling. He's probably going to have to like recover from this, just from the sheer madness of what's going on on TIFF right now. And then I was thinking about it. Like, isn't it kind of cool though, that like we have these kind of things, like we live like, we live so close to one of the biggest busiest metropolitan areas that has these kind of festivals where stars want to come and the fact that you know our man dre loves film so much that he wants to be part of the action you know Mm -hmm. it's just really cool i was just thinking about it the other day (laughs) yeah yeah no and it's and i kind of compare it to our time you know being part of the raptors fan patrol where it's like yeah you're you're in the midst of like celebrities but you have to right. keep your composure like he's doing the exact right. same thing right now but with like well when we were dealing with like million dollar athletes he's dealing with million dollar like actors, actors and directors and sometimes and, athletes yeah. too and sometimes athletes that's right like, yeah i think Dwayne du- no, sure. Reed was there it's... last night right was he really yeah yeah uh, maybe maybe on his him and uh gabrielle union are, are in town uh, right I see. now 
I see. Uh, but I, I would tell you this. I didn't, I did not keep my cool when I saw J. Cole at a Raptors game. I, <laughs> used, I used a hell out of that privilege, man. <laughs> I was like, I'm going straight to this guy and say, what's up to him? And I dabbed him up. It was cool. I, I have no regrets. <laughs> Zero regrets I've made. Uh, okay. Well, welcome back to That's Rep podcast a podcast by raptors fans for raptors fans we are continuing on with our division preview and this week we are doing the southeast division jay why don't we start off with this year's atlanta hawks so last year they finished eighth in the east with a 43 and 39 record they lost to miami in the first round uh they drafted aj griffin uh, the obviously son of our our coach Griffin, uh, first round and 16th pick. And I think the biggest storyline is, of course, how DeJounte Murray's fit with Young and Collins. Uh, Jay, you and I are a little bit in the defense when it comes to Atlanta. I think he, I'm more on the positive side. I want to say you're more of the negative side, but let me have it. Let me see what you feel when it comes to the who's in, who's out, starters, bench, and what have you. What about the Atlanta Hawks, man? Yeah, yeah. So, and I guess it's a good thing we're starting off with Atlanta because I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what else to say about the Hawks um, that I have about my. You know what? Can I restart that? That was I'm way yeah. over the place. Of course. <laughs> All right. With the Hawks, a lot of changes actually happened, and of course, you've already mentioned the biggest one being the acquisition of Dejounte Murray, and and all it really cost them was Danilo. Gallinari, who the Spurs mm-hmm. ultimately ended up waving, um, and now he's I think on the sidelines for the Celtics for the majority of the season. But that's a that's a win for the Hawks, like not having to sacrifice that much uh, in order to get Murray, who is uh, who was actually a triple double threat every night, who came close to actually averaging a triple double last year. Yeah. Um, and I guess too, and this is the part that I'm not so sure about, it, it's that there were more changes. They traded Kevin Herter for Mo Harkless, another holiday. This time it's Justin to go along with Aaron, who's already on the team. And I, I don't know what to make of that move. And I get it. The, the headline here is going to be DeJounte Murray. He's the best player to be added to this team, hands down. Yeah. But the fact that they lost two starters in Herder and Gallo. Well, I guess Gallo was their sixth man. It is is a bit perplexing to me because of the shooting that they provided. So I think that's where I am a little bit iffy on this being a um, you know, knock them out win for the Hawks. So their starters now are Young, Murray, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Clint Capella, and their bench is sorted up by the two holidays, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich and Onyeka Okongwu. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good mm-hmm. in terms of a top seven, top... Actually, I would just say it's top seven. I don't know about the holidays there, but that's a good playoff roster. Um, one thing that I think is going to help your case, uh, because I know you are very much on the side of this team is going to be better, is that you know if we think about two years ago, they made that surprise run to the conference finals. And one thing that they were really good at, on, in addition to being a very really good offensive team, was that their defense was uh, was pretty solid under Nate McMillan. Something happened last year, and I don't know what it is. And, and there's a bit of a, a trend with Nate McMillan teams where they start off really well, and eventually teams figure them out and they start to wane. 
Um, that happened with the Hawks last year. Defensively, they really did not play well. And it's not like there were any major changes to their team over the previous season other than losing Rajon Rondo. So yeah. it's a bit perplexing to me um, why they their, their defense kind of went down that much. So I think that's why I'm a little hesitant here. Um, and I, I know that Again, in favor of what you're about to say here, but Murray is an excellent pickup because of how good he is defensively, because of how good of a rebounding guard he is, because of you know the fact that he's one of the top five drivers in the league, and and being mm-hmm. able to kick out to someone like Trey Young is going to be amazing for that offense. So, I don't know. I, I'm on the fence. I probably have more to say about this, but I've spoken enough. Um, what do you think about the the Hawks here? And why yeah. are you liking them? So the Hawks. To me, I I've, I always like it when you can see like a young team having a direction. A lot of the times you have young teams, a.k.a. the New York Knicks, who have no direction. But this team, they know who the starter is. They know who who the, the second and the third guys are. They, they know who they're set. Everything is kind of shored up. And with someone like Trey, who who has playoff experience now under his belt at such a young age, he, clearly he's going to have more help now with someone like Dejounte Murray. I thought for one that John Collins was out the door, uh, but they didn't make a deal. Atlanta didn't do a deal, so John Collins is back with Atlanta, who's still a very aggressive scorer. He only played fifty four games last year, but it. I think he's going. I I have very high hopes for for John Collins. Clint Cabela is is you know they, they he led the team with for blocks and rebounds, eleven point nine, one point three respectively. But last year, I, it just didn't seem like they had very much outside of Collins, who didn't have play very much. Bogdan, you know, Bogdan's okay now. They don't have uh, DeAndre Hunter. It's it's like they, yeah, they they're kind of the shoring up things, you know, Trey Young. Um, can score the ball left, right, and center, but now they have someone like DeJounte Murray who can also, you know, take on the load for handling the ball. And I, I have high hopes for them. That's all. It's like, I feel like it's the same f- feeling. You know, like the numbers aren't really there yet for this team, but they're a young, hungry team that, that knows who they are, that are shoring up certain positions, that have a good coach. And a lot of people hate them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, specifically people in New York. And it's just a lot of fun to watch. And I I would love, I would absolutely love to even just have a play-in with like a a 11 and 12 seed uh, New York and Atlanta or something like that. Just to see, <laughs> just to see that again, just one more time. I would love to see it. But they, they play like the, the, they, they have a, they have the dog in them. You know, they have a lot yeah. of bulldog in them, and I love it. I love a young team that knows that that their direction, that knows that they have potential. And again, I said this before, they're kind of like the Memphis Grizzly of the East. You know, they it's it's kind of like they, they want to take that reign from the top of the East, and it's going to take some time, but, you know, it's not it's not as far as people think. I think I have high hopes for Atlanta. Do I think they're top five? Probably not. But I can see them sneaking into a six or a seven for sure. Yeah, and I'll, I'll agree with you in terms of this is a strong lineup that can make a run at at not even just the play-in, but make a run at, at that top six. But a lot of that depends on their their top five being healthy. 
Yeah, um, if, if sure. Young were to go down, if, if like you mentioned, if, if Collins misses some time, um, DeAndre Hunter has a bit of an injury history too. Like there's, there are, there are quite a bit. I mean, you could make the case for every team as long as they're healthy, they can make a push. Yada yada yada. But mm-hmm. Atlanta specifically, I mean, there's there's um, there's a lot riding on this Young Murray duo, and I'm not I'm not doubting it. I would I would venture to say that the Atlanta offense, which was number two last year in points per possession, is probably going to take a bit of a step backwards. That's this is my guess. Because right. with with Young running the show, you kind of knew who is the alpha on this team, and he'd always kick out to. And maybe I'm a little bit jaded because Herder and Gallinari particularly played well against the Raptors, um, but their outside shooting being gone now, um, for me, you know, it, it limits their 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 ceiling a bit here. And Dejounte Murray is again, I mentioned it already, one of the top five drivers in the league. Um, it would just have been really cool if uh, he could kick out to a few more shooters and two of them are now gone. Obviously one of them in the trade that got him in the first place, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm a little bit hesitant here. I do like the upside though. Right. I mean, the thought yeah. of, again, this is all pending on, on them remaining healthy, like DeJounte Murray driving into the paint and the defenders now have to choose. Are we going to protect the drive? Are we going to protect the rim? Because Clint Capella is going to be waiting for a lob. Are we, do we need to like, lay off of can we lay off of Trey Young but Murray mm-hmm. might find him for an open three like there are a lot of options there with with the ball in in Murray's hands um so yeah I don't know I it's it's it'll be an interesting team to watch I think the first couple of weeks will be a good indicator of, of the direction they're going in yeah uh, I'm kind of interested to see Okongwu's growth I think he's kind of he's kind of similar I mean for a Raptors fan it's kind of like the the precious Achua question of like He's almost too good for the bench. He should be starting, but who should he replace? Because Capella is more suitable in the starting lineup, catching lobs from Young and Murray. Right. But Okongwu on, on as a whole is better right now than Capella. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. It'd be yeah, interesting to see sure. how that how how they how they uh, do their rotations. And also, they have a uh, in the playoffs. Something they didn't really go very far with the playoffs, but DeAndre Hunter had played really well against that season uh, with our, against Miami in that season. So it'd be you know again the potential is there. That's that's all I'm saying. I think mm-hmm. I think they have a lot to look forward to in Atlanta. Let's yeah. see another team that maybe don't have the uh, upside uh, when it comes to the Charlotte Hornets. Um, last year they finished tenth in the East with. Four 43 to 39 record. Uh, they lost in the play-in. No draft pick. And I think the biggest storyline for them is Miles Bridges. I mean, are they I, – I, is Miles Bridges a restricted free agent? I don't know if he's restricted or unrestricted, but – But regardless, he uh... is still going through that domestic felony charge, and that's not a good look. It's not a good look. Uh, I think the only thing that they have going for them right now is still Lamelo. I mean, yeah. like they have Gordon Hayward, I guess. Um, you you know, there's real. I'm looking at their roster. I have like there's nothing. There's nothing that excites me. There's really nothing. I mean, I used to be really. I, I used to be a huge Kelly Oubre stand for some reason. Maybe because he's just like good looking, and but I think like. <laughs> Outside of that, it's like you got Lamelo and Terry Rozier. Like, what else? 
And like they signed Isaiah Thomas for the rest of last season. I don't even think he's coming back this season. It's just like, there's really nothing there. And like PJ Washington is pretty good. Like what do you see with, with Charlotte, man? This is a, a dysfunctional team with a capital D. Um, and it's, it's going to be the LaMelo ball show. Really? Uh, you it know, really is. It, it's without, and Bridges is not, he's, he's an unrestricted free agent. So he's not even with the team officially. Okay. Um, while he deals with his own legal issues. And then Montrez Harrell w- was, I, I guess he probably would have been signed back had he not gone through mm-hmm. his own uh, allegations. Uh, yeah, yeah. W- w- I can remember. Do you remember what his was? I, it's still in my mind No, right no, I can't, I can't really say uh, off the top of my head, but uh, all I know is that he's not with the team anymore. He's yeah, we're, yeah. We're, he's uh, with the Philly, he's Philly now. Right? He's with Philly now. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, and it's unfortunate we already did the 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 Atlantic Division preview because Philly is definitely going to be starting a lot of fights between uh, Montrez and PJ Tucker. Yeah. Like, there's oh, going to be a fight between either in within in practices or with other teams. But yeah, uh, I digress. Uh, Charlotte is a team that is on the way down, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, there really to- wasn't a way up for them. They were just like stagnant the whole way like they i don't know if they're going to be worse than friggin 10th but yeah like that's pretty bad like they they look pretty bad to me i don't have any good positives coming out of it besides labello yeah i mean if you want to again i'm gonna continue trying let's see how long i can do this in the episode i'll continue trying making a comparison to the raptors as, as like a foundational comparison point so they're the two highest paid Hornets right now are Gordon Hayward, who is 32 and older than every other Raptor except for like Thad Young and maybe Otto mm-hmm. Carter. Uh, Terry Rozier, who is 28, but it's like the same age as Siakam, I believe. So like that's 51 million out of their 120. Like almost oh. half or 40% of their salary is tied up to those two. And Gordon Hayward's well past his prime. Terry Rozier is good. He's feisty. But it's like, that's if that's your second that's highest good. paid player, that's not yeah. That's not getting it for you. That's not, yeah, that's not good. And, and another thing about Miles Bridges, uh, they he was the highest in points for that team, highest in minutes, highest in, in games played, second in rebounds. Like, I'm not saying obviously the allegations on him. I hope that everything you know is sorted out with that. That's not a good look for them because he is your top, one of your top, outside of Lamelo. He is one of your top players on that team. Are you going to sign him with that with all of that hanging on him, or are you, are you going to have to split ways? Are you going to have to find something different? And like Michael Jordan hasn't really done anything with this team outside of. Uh, having like getting the metal in his fingertips, and like I, I, there's really nothing else that he has done. So it's going to be very interesting what they decide to do with someone like Miles Bridges. Yeah, and it, I guess I'm going to do one more Raptors comparison here. Imagine if uh, the teams again, this is Charlotte's top scorer. He was the, the a borderline All Star last year. I think he was the last one got cut or whatever didn't make it but like that's like if the raptors lost siakam for nothing right that's yeah. that's essentially what charlotte's done here they they, they can't sign him they're not going to sign him and 
he's just kind of in limbo right now. So that's uh, yeah, this this team is is going nowhere fast. So um, I mean, I guess high hopes on like th- this is where you shift your focus as as an organization, right? It's it's obvious that the current core is is just not good enough to cut it. It's getting older. You know, everything now is riding on the development of their youth, right? And outside of Ball, there is also still James Book Knight and JT Thor. And, and I'm mentioning JT Thor only because I just want to say his name. Um, but that's <laughs> that, that's a squad that, uh, you know, can can hopefully grow and develop. I mean, you mentioned PJ Washington already. Um, Kai Jones is there. So, like, there's, there's some good young players here. And uh, I guess the hope for that franchise is that they're able to, to, uh, to develop. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's all it is. That's all the hopes that they can uh, with, with the Charlotte Hornets. Let's move on with, with a uh, more promising from the bottom of the tier to the top of the tier with the Miami heat last season, they finished first in the East 53, 29 record. They lost in the conference finals against Boston in seven. Uh, they drafted Nikola jo- <laughs> Jovich, Jovich, uh, first, uh, Jovich. <laughs> Uh, yeah. first round 27 pick, which is, which is great because now Morris is out there, uh, mm-hmm. and out of Miami. The biggest storyline I think to me is if Lowry stays healthy, can they run it back? Um, the whole speculation of KD, I think Miami was really in the, in the, you know, they were in the storylines too, because Miami was one of the destinations that KD wanted to go to. And I think the biggest trade, uh, asset they had, uh, everyone thought was Bam, but in order for Bam to be there, or in order for them to trade Bam, they had to uh, get rid of Ben Simmons, or at least I don't know, get both of them traded for each other or something like that, because you couldn't have two yeah. uh, rookie extended contracts on the same team. So that was out of the picture. Now Miami basically didn't, outside of losing Tucker, they don't. There was nothing else added to it. I mean, more the same of Oladipo, more the same of Butler. Do you have high hopes for Miami, man? No, I don't. Um, interesting, and, interesting. And this is this is going to be a, a kind of a running theme, and I'm I'm gonna jump into the fact that I wasn't able to join last week's episode and harp on one of those teams. So here's my hot take. Okay, Miami because they're getting older, and Milwaukee are going to take a step back. Now I get it. Milwaukee is, and I I think I've even said it on this pod that Milwaukee should be. You know, NBA Finals favorite or, or Eastern Conference champion favorite, but uh, I'm backtracking on that. Um, okay. You know, if and apologies, quick sidetrack on the Milwaukee Bucks, but I will get back to the Heat. But if you remember when we were talking about why um, Giannis should not consider resigning with Milwaukee, if why he should consider coming to Toronto, for example, was because of the roster that they built around him. We mentioned that everyone around him who's critical to that team is over the age of 30. And now we all know that once you hit 30, that's the beginning of your decline or at least the end of your prime. Um, Mm -hmm. I think seven of his eight key teammates are all 30 and over. The only one who's under is like Pat Connaughton. That's it. Like everyone else, like Drew, Chris Middleton, Lopez, George Hill, all of them are over 30. So my guess is... um, Bobby Portis is 27. (laughs) Yeah, you know? the uh, the ninth most important guy in that squad. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 a team that I think might take a step back because age is going to come start coming into play, and I feel the same way with Miami. Um, yeah, these guys are not getting any younger, and they have 
the, the team that you're seeing right now, and this is why you're going to hear them in, in every single trade that has to do with a superstar is because if this team currently constructed is quote unquote, only a maybe top four Eastern conference contender, that's not going to do it for a guy like Pat Riley. Right. So mm. they have a hundred and fifty five zero million tied up to their current roster in each of the next two seasons. So it's not like if things don't work out this year, they'll just sign someone in the offseason. No, they're, they have the exact same amount tied up next year. So if things start off slowly or if they're not as good as Pat Riley and the Heat fans expect, you're going to hear them in trade rumors. And they have quite a few pieces they can offer here. But at the end of the day, it's who else really wants to risk their assets on a 36-year-old Kyle Lowry at right. $28 million a year. I don't I don't see it happening. Um, the only guys you're going to give up with that amount of money would be someone like a Russell Westbrook. And I, I don't think anyone wants Russell Westbrook, right? So I, I have my no, doubts about Miami. Yeah. There's no yeah. way they're going to pay Duncan Robinson more than he's getting paid right now. Tyler Hero is only getting paid $6 million right now. He's going to ask for a boatload of money. So you're already, yeah, like you said, you got 38 tied up to Jimmy, 30 tied up to Bam, 30 tied up to Kyle, 16 tied up to Duncan Robinson. Victor Oladipo is probably going to ask for more because of his resurgence. This team, they have a lot of decisions they have to be made. And if there was a team that I think that's going to not blow it up, but there's going to be a lot of things happening at the trade deadline, look out for Miami for sure. There, Just there to almost see has to be. Get, yeah, they have there to be. They get to get off the books, man. Yeah, and Tyler Hero is is unrestricted free agent after this year. So his name is going to pop up <laughs> yeah. in all kinds of trade rumors because he's only owed 5.7 this year. He's going to pop up in trade rumors. Yeah, um, and he's only 22. Yeah, yeah, that's that's your that's your golden ticket to getting a a superstar if you want one Miami. Otherwise, you're somehow I don't know how you're going to pay Tyler Hero what he thinks he's at worth when you're already at 150 next year. So yeah. this is a team that's like, they have to come out of the gates strong. They have to come out, like they have to be in first place in the middle of December. Otherwise you're going to be hearing about a lot of disgruntled Miami fans. And, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a Raptors fan, I, I love to see it. Uh, but, you know, as, as a Lowry stand, I don't, I don't want to see him get thrown under the bus for another four years. So um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm hoping something happens in Miami because currently, as constructed, they're they could. I mean, they could very well prove me wrong, and you know, they're they have one more solid run in them. But you know, Boston's getting better, right? And yeah. and Cleveland's yeah, getting better, and you know, we're, we'll talk about them um, throughout the season. But Miami is just staying put, and they this team as currently constructed wasn't good enough to even make mm-hmm. the conference finals last year. I think last year was their chance. Right. Yeah. I, and and it it sucks to think about because how much we love Kyle Lowry, but he's going to be undoubtedly the reason why people are going who uh, Miami fans are going to blame because of his salary, because of his age, uh, and and I kind of doubt that he's going to play eighty two. Like no, I he's not. Like he's, there's there's I don't think so. He's probably going to play fifty maybe. And when it comes to the playoffs, you know. I, there wasn't really much shown uh, 
outside like i don't know it, like i again i think last year was their year if they don't do it this year then that's it and yeah and, and Lowry, Lowry's probably first out I, I i agree with you i have to clarify myself uh, i made the mistake of saying that they didn't even make the conference finals obviously they were one win one pull up jimmy butler three away from possibly making the yeah. finals for a second yeah, 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 yeah but i will say that they that um uh, not the second consecutive year but the second time in three years th- this team is still good enough to make the finals but it's just that the surrounding teams are going to make it more difficult for them to thrive right um and kyle lowry's you know, if we're going to talk about trade value, Kyle Lowry's value is much lower now because of that poor playoff performance, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like they're a little bit stuck, and that which is weird to say for a team that's actually probably going to still finish in the top four. Mm-hmm. Oh no, yeah, they're 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 fantastic. But uh, again, if it's not if it wasn't last year, Miami's uh, Boston got better, Toronto got better, uh, I, Milwaukee got better. I, I just feel like. If that wasn't the year, if they didn't make it last year, which it didn't, then it's going to just get harder and harder and harder for an aging team. Knowing that someone their their biggest asset, i.e. Tyler Hero, pro- is probably not going to be there next year or the following year. Yeah. But yeah, Miami has a lot of questions to be answered. It's really it's going to be very interesting being on the outside looking in, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there you go with Miami. Um, okay, let's move on. Let's we got two more to go when it comes to the Southeast Division. We got the Orlando Magic. Last season, they finished dead last in the Eastern Conference, fifteenth uh, with a twenty-two to sixty record. They drafted Paolo Pantero at the f- first overall pick. I think the biggest storyline is they are a young team. They got with you know paulo suggs friends how far can they go with these young guys do they have enough in them to you know scratch the surface of like the atlantic or uh going against maybe someone like atlanta uh going against someone like in even new york you know like they they are at this point the bottom of the barrel when it comes to the east do they have enough going forward to get at least into the play-ins what do you think man history is not on their side you think about teams that had a lot of promising youth and very few, if any, have had any kind of uh, playoff success. Having right. said that, damn, is this team exciting. Like, yes. Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, RJ Hampton, Franz, Wa- uh, sorry, Franz Wagner, Paulo Vanchero, Jonathan Isaac, if he ever plays, Wendell <laughs> Carter Jr., Mo Bamba. I just named you 10. That's like a solid group of young players that that should be that should take Orlando to greater heights. It's just that the expectation is those heights aren't happening now. However, right. we we saw it even against the Raptors when when things are clicking on there and when the young guys are playing well together, this team can hang with the best of them. But it's just because of their youth, no one has any faith that they'll be able to do it at an 82-game clip. So I, I get it. They're, they're probably lottery-bound again. But, I mean, if you are a betting man and you want to play some long odds, this is one of those teams you wouldn't mind laying them on because yeah, it, they're, they're not dealing like... I, I'm comparing it to, let's say, the OKC Thunder, who already have lost Chet for the season. I get it. If you want to jump off that bandwagon and think they're going to be the number one in the lottery. But Orlando has some pluckiness to them, right? And we saw them in some games uh, with that pluckiness. I don't know. I 
I, I have them as a lottery team, but I, I will say that I won't be completely shocked if they end up forcing their way into the play-in as the you know surprise team of 2022-23. Right. Uh, it's crazy to think that Terrence Ross is their oldest player on the yeah. roster. He is the vet of that roster. Isn't that yeah. crazy, man? I, I think he 30, tweeted out something like that, right? Like, oh yeah. man, I'm, I'm like the old guy on this team now. It's insane. At 31, he's the he's the oldest. Eight of their uh Ross eight eight players of the roster is under 24. Jeez. This team is very young. And you have to it's hard for Orlando Magic fans because they've been waiting for a while a long time for their team to get any good and i think the last time i believe the last time in a while that they made the playoffs was was the 2019 playoffs when they faced toronto in the first round and outside of that they they haven't had any success but however they you can see you can see where they're going with it they're starting they, they're going younger it's kind of i kind of like think of it as I, as in like stocks, you're looking at stocks and you're looking at all the big names, Microsoft, Apple, uh, you, you mm-hmm. know, all the, Google and they ha- and that's like the, you know, the top of the tier of the Eastern conference and the Orlando managed is kind of like, you want to put a flyer on that one tech stock that you think is going to grow to be the next Apple, the next Tesla, but you want to get them early before everybody else jumps on the bandwagon, right? That's who I see Orlando being. I want to throw my bag at them because they're so they're so much better than them. But they're just they're so young, and you have a lot to learn when you're coming into an NBA uh, season, right? Like yeah. Paolo looked fantastic in summer league. That's why they shut him down after two games because they're like, yep. whatever these these guys are way you're out of their league, and that's granted. But you go up against someone like LeBron James or Giannis Antetokounmpo, it is not the same. It is not. And th- even with, with players like Franz, Cole Anthony, Jaden Suggs more uh, under their belt, they're still only 22 and 21 respectively. So you got to give them some time, right? You got it. This is like a three year kind of thing when you see yeah. Orlando finally pushing their way in. So right now, yeah, they, they're probably still going to be in a lottery, but I like, I would put some money in that stock right now. Maybe not all of it, but I would definitely put, a little, you know, some a hundred bucks a year here and there, and just wait and yeah. see what what happens in in two to three years. By the end of the season, who do you think is their best player? Uh by the end of this season, yeah, I would say Franz. Yep, Franz oh. is when you when you have a player that plays a lot in Europe, they play higher than their actual age. All the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. if you think about Luca or something, you think about your Jokic, you think about Giannis. Mm-hmm. They all play like they're thirty-year veterans, right? So yeah. yes, this kid's thir- twenty-one, but he probably has more experience under his belt. No, oh, I like that. I like that. I, I would have yeah. said the same thing, um, but I think what what Magic fans are probably hoping for is that the answer is Banchero. That would that would show that he's already like. He's been he's worth oh. where they drafted him and that he is that good. You know what I mean? That he's already yeah. surpassed Wagner, right? I think that's Wagner is the safe pick. Wagner is the, the pick I'm going with. I'm just saying that like mm-hmm. they have enough young guns on here. So like if if let's say Suggs was their best player at the end of the year, or Banchero was, or Cole Anthony was, then it's like something happened this year. And it wasn't necessarily that Wagner took that uh, Wagner took a step back. It's that 
one of these young guys stepped up. And that's very exciting if you're a Magic fan. Yeah, it's true. Um, the over-under of Paulo getting Rookie of the Year. I guess not over-under, yes or no, if he's going to make Paulo Rookie of the Year. Uh, ooh, good question. Uh, hmm. I'm going to say yes, even though I haven't really thought about this too much. I'm going to say yes yeah. only because by default, you know, with Chet being out, Chet being it kind of has yeah. to go to kind of go to him but if yeah. he told me if it was paulo versus the field i would take the field but if i had to mm. name someone I, I i guess i'd have to default to, to benchero it's it's hard to not pick benchero mainly because he's gonna get 35 minutes a game you know, yeah every other yeah. rookie is probably not gonna have that much going on for him and they're gonna ask paulo to be the number one guy asap so i i would see i would I wouldn't doubt if he if he if if, if at the end of the year it's like okay Paulo Panchero is going to be one of three of the top rookies then yeah well hell he has to play 40, 40 minutes a game so yeah I will I make one final note on this it's Bancaro we've both been saying it wrong is it Bancaro ben, no ben way Caro. according to Basketball uh, Reference it's Bancaro Bancaro pa, pa, is it still Paulo though yeah it's still pa, Paulo pa, Paulo Paulo Bancaro damn so what a name yeah what I know. A name. So anyone who said, who's been saying in the back of their mind that we've been saying it wrong, I I just corrected you. Hopefully that's okay. I used to I used to uh, call your last name Ro- Rosalis. Oh man, everyone did. So we'll put it. We'll leave that at <laughs> every telemarketer, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> every telemarketer. You got to put sales. You got to put Filipino in here. Row sales. No. Right, row sales. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Love it. Uh, okay, finally. We got the Washington Wizards. Last season finished 12th with a 35-47 record. Uh, They drafted Johnny Davis first round 10th pick. Biggest storyline, of course, Bradley Beal signing long-term with this team, which I respect him for that. I mean, what what do you have? You got, we have Bradley Beal who stays, who stuck with his team. You have Damian Lillard sticking with his team. Um, Those are probably the two main guys that, that are the, clearly the star of their team, but they don't want to leave a bad team. Yeah. Uh, yep. What do you make of... That. Exactly. What do you make of the Washington Wizards? Uh, the Washington Wizards, uh, I know, another team that's um, you know kind of heavy on top with, with the two stars there being Beal and, and Porzingis. I actually like the deal that, that brought in Will Barton. I like Will Barton and Monte Morris. Like, this is a team that's... That's another one like where it, it's it's different and similar to Orlando's situation, whereby I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run at the play-in or the playoffs, but their situation is a bit different. Whereas Orlando, it's just because they're young. With Washington, it's because it would be because there was something up with the team chemistry that didn't work last year that ended mm. up working this year with some minor tweaks at the side, right? Like we already knew that like, Beal is going to be their their alpha. We knew that Kuzma is going to have his nights where he goes off and ends up being the lead scorer. Um, Porzingis might even you know re uh, rediscover the 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 magic that he had in New York. But now you throw in you know a sensible guy in Will Barton. Like I I like him at fourteen million. He's he's playing for his next contract. Monte Morris is one of those like um, underrated guys. And then they've got like some some young guns here right with with Evdia and Hachimura and Kispert um you already mentioned Johnny Davis who's, who's locked in on that rookie contract for a while Daniel Gafford is still only 23 like this team has a lot of good guys here 
mm. I think that they they have enough here to to make some noise. It's just a matter of if it'll come together. And I think that the reason why there's a lot of hesitation about Washington is because this team was um, uh, fairly similar last year and, and didn't quite get there. Uh, but yeah, I'm hoping that it's it's for for Washington's sake. It's not a matter of you needed another superstar. It's more of a the 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 rest of the roster being filled out around Beal uh, ends up working out better with with Barton and and Morris there now. Yeah, I I, I agree with that, but I also 100% agree with you thinking that Washington is very top heavy, and then it kind of dips way down when it comes to after the starters i mean like you got delon right you got taj gibson ryu hachimura uh, yeah you do have a lot of young guys for sure but after that like how serious can you go with a a top five that's not too like a starting five that's really not that bad that that could surprise a lot of teams coming out of the gate uh but I feel like they're, this is what's going to happen. This is my, not hot take, but this is my prediction when it comes to the Washington Wizards is that they're going to surprise a lot of people. They might go even like 20 and nine in the beginning of the season. And then they just dip because they just put too much pressure on Bradley like they do every year. Kyle Kuzma is going to be very streaky. Chris Apposi, Bradley Beal needs to play with an actual center, not a center who's going to jack up threes from half court. I It's... It's not feasible. This team is this top five isn't feasible for me to see them go far. They will have a record in the beginning of the season that's pretty good, and then they dip. That's my that's my consensus when it comes to the Washington Wizards. And and you know you you there's some validity to what you're saying here because think about Washington's most successful seasons with with Beal is when they had Gortat at center, right? Um, yes. There there's oh. your big plotting center, right? Like who can. Yeah. Who can set some solid screens for you? Roll to the basket, and they're you know I guess they're hoping that that comes out of it with with Gafford. It's not going to happen with Porzingis, but with someone like Gafford who's young, maybe he can develop into that role and kind of push Porzingis over to that that four spot. But then then you're pushing Kuzma up. I don't know. It, it's it's a bit of a a, a, a roster uh, mix up. I guess it's 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 not exactly perfect, but that's. That's the what they have to deal with, right? And that's something mm-hmm. that they have to figure out. And that's on Wes Unsell Jr. to figure out for this team is, is how to properly um, help this team get past the hump. Because right now they're they're not even like in the middle, right? They're they're in the lower end. And while I was using the Orlando example earlier, I would say that the whereas Orlando, you're hoping for at least two of their young stars to really outperform here. Washington is really only hoping for one of them to, because they have veterans who they know they can rely yeah. on. It's really just one of those young guys. If, if Evdia ends up putting together like a six man of the year type of season, or if, if Gafford ends up being that, that amazing plotting center that can really help out then then this team can actually make some noise and, and make mm-hmm. a, a move for, for the play-in or the playoffs. But right now, yeah. as it currently stands, the East is way too stacked to, to make room for a team like the Wizards. And, and unlike Orlando, where you have so you, you have all the riches of the young players and that every player is trying to make a, a statement, when it comes to Washington, if one or two players step up, you have players, uh, you have veterans that would kind of guide them into it right they would they want they need that help 
Whereas Orlando, they just want everyone to succeed. But Washington is like, okay, we just need a couple of players. We just need someone to back up Bradley in order to get somewhere. Um, and they're they're before uh, but like we before the Raptors were in a position they were in, they were always in a position where the Raptors were not good enough to make it to the playoffs, but not bad enough to get any draft picks or or do any kind of trades. And I think that's where Washington is. They're not good enough to be in the playoff or like serious playoff contentions, but they're also not terrible in order to get a high draft pick. And that's like being in limbo kind of sucks. So I want player, uh, and, and again, I expect Bradley Beal to stay with the team that clearly has tried a lot and he's given his all too. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, damn, man, like just imagine, just imagine if he was on a, on a team that was, was serious, you know? So, yeah. Um, that's our, that's our preview when it comes to Southeast. Let's rank him. Let's rank him in this, in these, in the Southeast division. Where mm-hmm. do you see the, uh, this playing through with these five teams? All right, my order from top to bottom is, at least for the regular season, I don't know what it will look like in the playoffs, but okay. uh, Miami, Atlanta, Washington, Orlando, Charlotte. Ooh, okay. So that, I'm going. Pretty... I'm sick. I'm sticking with the old guys to yeah to to at least carry them through the the rigors of the regular season over the Hawks. I mean, I think it'd be weird for me to be anti Hawks. If I have them winning the division, so I got Miami That's on true. principle, Atlanta in second, uh, Washington, then Orlando, then last place Charlotte. Uh, I have, wow. I know Charlotte is probably going to play better than that, but I just really dislike that team. Yeah, same. Um, I don't have it close to you. Uh, I do have Atlanta going first. I figured. I go. Okay. I go Atlanta, Miami. Uh, Orlando, Washington, Charlotte. So we That's both have I Charlotte mean. in last. I mean, come on, man. Like even the I know, I know. Blue like, kills I, me, bro. This is a team that made the play in, but like it, it's it's such a it's such a gong show, man. Yeah. Like, it's not. I don't see Ball's gonna make the play. Uh Ball's gonna make the All-Star. That's their highlight of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see anything else. And, yeah. and yeah. Okay. Okay, that's, that's no, no, no. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. When it comes to Charlotte, we just get we got nothing else to say. It's just like, oh, yeah. oh, what a gog show, what a gog show. Okay, Jay. Uh, finally, let's go through some weekly recommends, man. What do you got for this week for the listeners? Uh, for this week, uh, sticking with television as I usually do. Um, nice. I I know that a lot of folks were kind of turned off on the finale and how Game of Thrones finished. So there was some hesitation about how good House of Dragon. Oh, wait a second. You did House of Dragon last week, didn't you? I did. I did. But that's totally okay. You can do it because I still haven't watched it yet. You can still, you, if you want a weekly recommended, that's totally cool. Wow. We've never done a duplicate weekly recommended. We never have. Okay. Wow. Is it good? <laughs> I'm asking you that. <laughs> I'm going to recommend it. There you go. A second time. Um, because nice. I'm caught up. So yeah, I would recommend it. I think it's, it's, bit better than uh than those who were really hesitant on it so that's my weekly recommend okay brother 
very nice uh i'm gonna go with a food or no i'm gonna go with a restaurant actually there is this restaurant called super point at near ossington station this is the first this is the closest i've gotten to having a ninja turtle type kind of pizza you know wow. that like that beautiful triangular there's a little bit of a dip at the at yeah. the center and it's very cheese pulley it was yeah. one of the best pizzas i've ever had at least in the city so if you wow. ever want if you're ever in the ossington area where there's like bang bang ice cream there check out super point fan freaking time it's a little pricey when it comes to uh, for like an 18 inch pizza but holy hell is it good that's oh my that sounds calabunga dude yeah, man, if, you're, if you're looking for a Ninja Turtle type pizza, Super Point is your pizza. Okay, Jay, it's always good to talk to you, brother. Uh, next week, yeah, we'll see what where Dre's uh, where Dre is at because Tiff is probably going crazy right now. But finally, let's go into the Western Conference, man. But until then, that's a wrap.